Welcome, everybody, to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every third Thursday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take at trending ways to enhance your customer's experience. So grab your drink of choice and kick back. It's Sippin' and Shippin' time. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. Uh, I'm here today, as always, with Caitlin Postal. Hey, everybody. Keeping me company as she does. And today we have Robert Escobar for, from Camino Real Group. How are you, Robert? I'm great. How's it going, Brian? Caitlin? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Doing um, well. And so so Robert and I go back quite a few years, uh, actually quite, quite many years at this point, I think. It's got to be almost 10 years, Robert, right? At least ten years. I, I think it's probably yeah, probably from yeah. You're close though. 2010, I think. Yes. Now I wish I could say I was young ten years ago, but I, I probably I really wasn't. But here we are. We're we're still here, which is always good news. So let's start out today, Caitlin. What do you got? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm being brave today. I will be probably up all night, but I was excited for the show, so I have a nice cup of matcha green tea here. Very nice. Very nice. So I, this is a day show. So we're behaving ourselves. No mixed drinks. Uh, nothing in my coffee. Today I am just going very simple. I went a donut shop pod. That's it. Just nice and simple. This is what you do when you're down and dirty and I'm back in the office. So uh, that's where we are. And Robert, what do you have? Well, as I might have mentioned before, I, um, I, I gave up coffee for Lent and, I, and also because I was too hyper working from home. So I moved to tea and uh, right now I'm just uh, down drinking plain old water. But um, I'm, I've been a tea drinker most of my life as well. So I, I just enjoy that in the morning and throughout the day. Yep. So uh, Caitlin, I, I'm a little envious. Uh, my, my preference, though, is a, is a latte chai tea, which is just always my go-to. Nice. Yeah, that's always a nice little treat. Mm-hmm. Robert, do you get when you're working from home? I always get the shh. <laughs> the whole house doesn't have to hear you. Is Are you that same way? Is that what the coffee does to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have to explain to my wife that I'm not loud. I'm just passionate. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> fulfillment. This is very exciting stuff. <laughs> very exciting stuff. And, 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 and for, for people listening, they, they don't know that I'm on the West Coast and I work with a lot of uh, East Coast and European companies. So I'm up really early, uh, as early as uh, 5 a.m. my time here. So I, I have to be very careful and aware, you know, how loud my voice is because everybody's still sleeping here. So I, I go to sometimes the corner of the garage or the corner uh, of like the, the laundry room just to you know, keep it down the minimum, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I just project. I think for me, it's just my natural projection and I'm not trying to be loud. It's my normal speaking voice. And that's why I, then I feel like I'm being really self-conscious and talking <laughs> quietly. And, and my, my family just doesn't get it. So COVID in that respect has not been uh, easy for us to navigate uh, so much so that I think it forced my wife back to the office sooner than she would have liked to. Um, but it is what it is. We, we, we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So today we want to talk about, uh, just, just really some experiences for, for young entrepreneurs coming out, launching brands. Cause I know Robert, you have a lot of experience in, in, in this regard. And, you know, look, if, if I'm a brand, right. And, you know, I'm the type of person when I order, when I order something online, I, I don't really care 
if I get an unboxing experience. I don't really care if it comes in just a, a plain brown box or a poly mailer or a craft mailer. I don't, it doesn't bother me. But what I, I do remember an unboxing experience. So while I don't get turned off of the brands that don't do it necessarily, I do remember the ones that do. And, and I'm just wondering, you know, how, how do you make that decision as, as, as a growing brand or maybe just one just starting out if I'm going to go the simple method or if, if I'm going to go towards a more unboxing experience? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a good question and a good topic to talk about. I, I think a lot of companies out there, uh, you, know, n- you know, specific to what the, you know, their product is or their customer is, is, is always has this sense of, you know, what that unboxing experience should be, whether it's just generic and to your point in a brown box or a, a mailer or something a little more special, a little wow and delight kind of experience as they uh, unbox uh, the product here. But I think it definitely starts with your customer, know your customer. And, uh, you know, t- you know, you know, um, you know, honestly, men look at products and, and the unboxing experience very different than women and, and kind of understanding that is a good first step. Um, and then also trying to, you know, surprise and delight them, but also being sensitive to a cost factor. You know, what, what is this going to cost? Are you giving away, you know, this experience at a, at a high premium, you know, where right. you can take that expense and put it in other parts of the business where it's better product or better, you know, you know other types of things. So just kind of understanding that is always good for steps, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's, it's funny because I, I, I start to question or I start to think about what brands what types of brands are better off going that unboxing route versus versus just the simple pack out? Is it, is it I don't know, is it, is it a category thing? Is it, you know, are you talking about like home goods and health and beauty maybe is one way versus fashion is another, you know, consumer products? It, does, it, does that matter? Does that play into account or is it more about the image, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like to think that, you know, more on the type of, you know, soft goods or consumer products um, tend to kind of work a little better in, in creating a, an unboxing experience. And I think I think a lot has to do with the brand, too, and, and, you know, the expectation in terms of how you position that brand. I mean, for example, we know that, you know, Apple is like of all quality and, and the top is of, of design and aesthetics and things like that. And so when you go buy a phone, as we all experience this, the box is just, you know, I, right. I, I'm almost like guilty of throwing that box away. I, you know? See, it's, I'm the opposite. I keep that box forever. What I, am I doing with that box? I've got a whole room full I, of those I Apple boxes because I feel guilty about throwing them out. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think, you know, kind of really, really having the brand and the brand DNA kind of drive that in terms of, you know, you know, that experience. But I think also, you know, yeah, I think mostly consumer goods and products that are more geared towards that individual, right? So, for example, you know, um, if you're getting something for somebody else, I mean, obviously, you know, like it's a generic product or a household product, maybe not as exciting. But if you're getting something for yourself uh, that you're personally going to enjoy, I think the unboxing experience just enhances that all overall, you know, just kind of really high, highlights that brand and its products. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and, and so we face, you know, a, a, as a 3PL, people coming for, for fulfillment who may be, so I'm an entrepreneur now, I start my, I start my brand, I'm, I'm launching it, and 
I, I may actually be doing the fulfillment myself. Mm-hmm. And, and now you've got like these experiences that you've tied in, you, you know, almost to the point where it feels like, you know, the owner themselves is taking a selfie of themselves packaging the product. And, you know, they, 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 they sign that picture and say thanks and put it in the box, right? Like, do you run into that a lot where there's just the, the, the expectations of what's real as you scale goes away? I do. I, I really do, Brian. And that's a great kind of, uh, you know, point you're making. I, I have actually customers today that are literally doing that and we're transitioning them into three PLs. Uh, to your example, the, the, the founders, the husbands, you know, the kids. I, I heard the other day they were recruiting a couple of the nannies off the clock to, to start to pick and pack their orders and do the handwritten thank you notes and things right. like that. And so, you know, it's, it's one thing to send out, you know, 100 boxes during the week. It's another thing to send out 1,000 or, or, or 5,000 boxes. Right. So, so, so my advice to them really is, is okay, let's, let's, let's hone in on the experience, you know, that specialness of it, um, that brand DNA, and let's see if we can, you know, optimize that experience in, in, a, in a kind of efficient, scalable way. Uh, I'll give you an example. Years ago, I worked with this company and the owners uh, would personally bow tie the, pro, you know, in a nice little box. Like they'd create a nice little bow, big red ribbon kind of thing. Yep, yep. And, but, you know, we got up to 20,000 shipments a month. And it was really funny because we actually started at the warehouse having everybody tie bows. And right. uh, we quickly found out or learned that not everybody can tie a great looking bow. Right. <laughs> um, but then what we did is we sourced prefab bows in, um, in, in Asia. And we, the, the process of the warehouse was just to, um, you know, insert it or, or tie on the ends on the corners, but the bow was already pre-assembled. So it was mm-hmm. a quick, you know, two-second thing. So we preserved the experience, but we're able to optimize it and make it in a more productive way as opposed to, you know, and that, yeah, that would take seconds as opposed to a couple minutes tying a bow. Yep. So, so there's ways to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no one wants to see my handwriting on their on their gift notes, so that would switch real quick. But uh, Robert, I heard you say before, wow and delight. And it made me think of an experience that I had personally when I was um, purchasing a coffee alternative, a, a product called Mudwater. And when I received my confirmation email, I was really delighted because not only did they include this super cute gif of a little baby dancing, but also a Spotify playlist. And the whole time between when I got that confirmation email to when the product arrived, they were just engaging me in different ways. Here's a YouTube video. Here we're checking in. We're letting you know. Here's a note from the owner, from the founder. And then when the box arrived, it was what Brian alluded to before, just a standard box, no frills, not even a packing slip just the product in a box and that was it. And I wasn't disappointed at all because the engagement up until that point was so on point and I was wowed and delighted by that, um, that I didn't really mind that the unboxing experience wasn't crazy elaborate. Do you see any brands going that route, like alternatives to this unboxing phenomenon that uh, some of these uh, newer, and I mean, Kylie Jenner has created, let's be honest. Right. No, I, I mean, I, Caitlin, I see that all the time. And, 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 and I think that, I mean, that really kind of leads more into, you know, how brands are being established today by today's consumers, by millennials and younger. I mean, we really, you know, some of the work that we do is we, we really hone in on three areas now to really build up a brand, which is, you know, you know, you know, in the old days, just it was enough just to have a good product, a good, reliable product. Right. You know, 
but today we're seeing that's much more. That just gets you into the door, meaning it gets you into the house and, and the customer's like, hmm, okay, I'll give you a chance. So when we talked about building brands today, we really look at beyond the product and now it's about adding community, right? What does your community stand for? Your value systems, your principles, because a lot of people want to be aligned uh, with those brands. You know, you know, with sustainability, environmental issues, you know, other things. You know, um, and then and then and then the third piece, which you just touched on, is creating content. People right. really want content. Um, and, you know, back in the days, like if I was, when I was in makeup, for example, cosmetics, we just shipped up. Now we create tutorials all the time and we show you how to put that makeup on and how to get different looks. And, um, and so it, so it does a couple of things. It enhances the experience. It, it makes you feel like you're part of the community. And from the business side is I'm pulling you in. And, and, and the more you, because it's in my best interest, the more you learn about becoming a makeup artist, for example, you know, we, I'm sure you, you can relate, like back in the days, you go to Nordstrom or Macy's and the girl would do your makeup and you go home, you're like, how are we going to do, how am I going to do this? Uh, but, but now with, with the internet, the way it is, you can create all this content and give them a great experience. And even though you ship it in, in a small box or a mailer, um, she got to experience your overall brand, right? Yeah. And so there's many things you can do like that. Uh, but to your example, I, I, I ordered a copy from, from one company up in, in by Brooklyn, I think, and I loved it. It was like when I got my shipping confirmation, there was a YouTube video and it was, it was certainly like a little fake skit, but it was, it was really funny. It was the two owners of the company picking the order and packing it themselves. So I said, right. yeah. swear, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it was like a one minute thing, but it was kind of like, yeah, that was pretty funny. You know, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I think with content comes community. And with yep. community comes a feeling of feeling part of something. And that's what makes people stick to more than just going after a quality product to your point, but something to be a part of, especially now when you're sitting alone by yourself or hanging out yeah. in, uh, in isolation, in quarantine. Exactly. And, and Robert, I'm going to actually steal this because you, you, you brought this up in conversation to, to me. And I guess this is this is the approach to scaling, right? is sort of reverse engineering those those positive feelings. And I, I totally plagiarized that line from you. Um, but I, I, you know, there are sometimes, you know, we get things that we're doing for customers and requests and, you know, where they want us to put not one pump of perfume, but two pumps of perfume into the box before we send it out. Or they want, to your point, the, the ribbons. We've got a customer that does a great, I always butcher this, it, called organza, organza right yeah or this organza <laughs> packaging which is beautiful they, they make this beautiful kids product and they and they have this organza where it's like this mesh netting that comes up and it's, it's beautiful but if that if, if the company were to grow past a certain point it wouldn't it, it's probably not sustainable in terms of volume so the question is i guess uh, you know using your line are there ways that you're advising companies to reverse engineer those positive feelings or at least pushing that into a different direction? It, there, there is, Brian. And, and, and it's funny that you said it because um, it's, you, you know, I, I um, you know, I will, <laughs> I, I love that, you, you know, you mentioned I said it because I have been saying this for many years and it, I, at some point it felt kind of cheesy, but I, but I just wholeheartedly believe in it. But then, you know, then Amazon started booming and, and I had a lot of clients saying, you know, we can't compete with, we can't compete with Amazon free shipping, you know, or, you know, returns, all this stuff. And I said, no, no, no. So we, we, that, that's the beautiful thing about this is this reverse engineering the emotions or mapping out the, uh, the, the experience that the customer will have. And therefore that will create emotions is that you don't have to compete with companies like Amazon. Let's just have our own experience. Let's map it out. 
And, and that's really what it really comes down to is just mapping out all the touch points that your customer could potentially have with your company, your brand, and, and, and creating a process of what that experience will be uh, what, from the minute that they go on your website, right? And, and I always tell people that it, it, it really kind of blows my mind. A lot of companies will spend millions and millions of dollars in marketing and customer acquisitions. And then, and then once the customer buys, they get really cheap, right? There's no frills. There's no like funness in the, the experience is dull. And, and I always say, you know, um, you, you should, it should be a little more balanced in terms of the investment and in, in terms of how your customers experience your product and brands. So, yeah, so we, you know, what we do is we'll look at all the touch points, whether it's from the distribution, shipping out the box to the home, what the box looks like, how the service uh, is executed. We, we look at um, being proactive, letting the customer know their order's on its way, uh, especially right now with uh, shipping being delayed across the U.S. because of the pandemic. A lot of our customers are proactively reaching out to their customers and saying, hey, it's going to be an extra two days. We're sorry, as opposed to the customer calling and asking where the box is. But all these things are, they're purposely designed to create this emotional connection, um, you know, with the customer so that they, they, they're with you for a long time. They really fall in love with you and what you're about. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. And and I think that's a great way to put it because, and, you know, not to, not to, you know, beat on Amazon, because obviously they're, they're a behemoth, but there, that's an emotionless transaction for both parties. I mean, we're, we're both there. We know why we're there. We're using one another. And, and, and right. So there's, there's no emotion tie there. You're, you go there, you know, I, I was at a conference and I forgot how the, how the person described it. It was really a, it was really perfectly said, uh, you know, just uh, the semantics of it. You know, you go to, you, you don't go to Amazon to shop, you go there buy. When you go to these other sites, you're going there to shop. You're going there for the experience. And and to me, I think part of the reason that brick and mortar has suffered is because they became disconnected from, from their end customer. And now you have a chance, I think, as a, as a brand, as an entrepreneur that's launching a brand or even as these brands continue to rise to not only not only have them continue to come back and have that brand loyalty, but for you to stay almost personally connected to them and, and through these multiple experiences. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I will add though this because um, I think a lot of people are probably going to listen to this and kind of take notes and try to, you know, come up with this and, and, you know, have that connection. But I will say it has to be genuine. It has to be sincere. Any, our, our consumers, especially nowadays, they're so smart and, and, and they, they catch on to something fake you got to be genuine about it. Um, you can go out there and create a, you know, or work on creating a unique experience that, that ties back to an emotional connection, but it has to be genuine uh, f- from the company because then, then, uh, then it'll backfire and, and the, right. cust- the customer will really feel like you're trying to, you know, dope them a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 I actually, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but there was an experience that uh, it was pre pandemic that one of the, one of the major, major retailers, department stores, uh, their CEO was doing these commercials, all of a sudden came out with these commercials, you know, we're, we want to be here to listen to you. And uh, you know, we want to hear our public and it, it, it just came across as so disingenuous. disingenuous. And, disingenuous and, yeah. yeah, and and it was just, first of all, when they were talking about it and then they were showing this experience and I was like, well, you're catering to the wrong uh, uh, demographics, right? This is a much older crowd because, first of all, you're on regular TV. <laughs> you're on you're on network TV, which which no no millennial or Gen Z is watching. 
So yeah, like, yeah. The, the audience that they were trying to deliver this message to wasn't, isn't even tuned in. So to your point, I think you, you, you always have to have be genuine. Um, and even if it's, like you said, a cheesy little 30-second video that you know is pre-made, but it's funny and you're out there and you're just kind of being out there and being vulnerable and, and being you, I think, I think it's, a, it's a great way to, to convey the company's culture. Yeah. And I think back to like Caitlin's uh, example of that coffee company, a lot of these things are, are very kind of low cost efforts. You know, you don't have to go spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You don't have to go hire a huge production company. I work with companies today and I kid you not. Um, I mean, they're recording some of these videos on their iPhones and just put it on their Instagram account or their social uh, you know, media platform, whatever they're using, uh, creating you know, YouTube video. And it's, it's, it's like people get it. And I think people relate, like, you know what I mean? It makes feel like the company is a person and the person is very similar to them, right? It's not this big corporation out there with millions of dollars and just pushing all this marketing stuff out them. It feels very, just very grounded. And so I think, you know, um, that's what I get excited about with my customers because it's like, there's a lot of things we can do to stand out from the big uh, corporations. Many, many things. Um, we got to be consistent. We got to have that direct point of view, that brand DNA. So we're not like all over the place, but, um, but that helps, you know, enhance that, you know, emotional connection with the customer and then, and then wanting to come back and see what's going on with you and buying more things from you uh, and just really, you know, being a lifelong customer. Right. And sometimes less really is more. And yep. I think a common theme that we've seen across speaking with many subject matter expert, experts is just that point of knowing who your end user is, knowing your customer. Is sustainability a huge thing for them? Is that whole dog and pony show and opening going to be detrimental to the brand? Right, right. right. Well, well, so we've talked about the unboxing experience. You know, you have to be careful. You don't swing too much to the other side when you make this unboxing experience where all of a sudden you're getting, you know, packaging shamed. Hello. Online, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, totally. you know, uh, we, we have customers that are calling us and they want to do poly mailers or they want to do this kind of bubble wrap. And we're like, you, you understand that you're, you're, you're opening yourself up to getting package shame. So you, you have to be careful with how you go about uh, delivering your product and, 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 you know, what you're using to get it to the customer. And sometimes it is as simple as a branded brown paper mailer. I was in the Newark facility the other day on Monday, and I saw a Gaylord full of these packages that look so crisp. And maybe I just had a little bit of childhood nostalgia, you know, before book socks, right. when you would wrap your book in that brown paper. But <laughs> seeing that logo on that on those packages, and just knowing, you know, now we're doing more sustainable option, we're we're lowering the carbon footprint. You know, I think that resonates with a certain audience, and that's what they want to see is those efforts that make sense to them as a consumer. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I would definitely second that, Caitlin. I, I, that's another area where, you know, we're often asked, you know, how, how, how should we approach this? And um, the reality is, and because more for the type of clients I have, they're more, you know, small to mid-sized companies. They really don't have a lot of, of volume or, or they can really kind of optimize their economy of scale because of their volume. So they can't push back and, and go and get, you know, for example, complete recycled products at a, at a good rate and things like that. 
But we always tell them, like, as, as long as you're being genuine and, and, and you're communicating to your community, your customers about what you're doing about sustainability. You know, I had somebody, for example, that wanted to do that, like you said, Brian, the cut back on all these boxes. Mm-hmm. And then and then we came back. We're like, hey, we went to your corporate office. Why don't you just start off with becoming a paperless environment in your office? I, we saw papers in all the garbage bins. Let's start there. That's genuine. That's achievable. It's realistic. You can do that this year. Uh, it's not going to hurt your bottom line and you can message that it's okay to message that we just became a paperless office because we're trying to do our part. And, and as you grow, you know, in proportion to your size and resources, you can do more, but you know, I, I, yeah, again, you know, trying to compete, go extreme, you know, on the other side, it can, you know, financially impact you in a bad way. Right. Right. For sure. So, so Robert, what, what, what is the number one, you know, trap that you see these young rising companies fall into when when they're when they're working through their their this customer experience side yeah i mean i, I think like i said before the, the number one i would say is 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 them trying to compete with the big companies the amazons of the world um you know specific to whatever their market is or their product lines are they they, they want to really go toe to toe with these brands and, and I understand it because there's that feeling like, hey, free shipping, everybody's doing free, sh- free shipping, no one's going to buy from me right. or, you know, overnighting, you know, or getting delivers in two, three days yep. um, or, or whatever, you know, like endless returns. I, you know, I just always say, you know, operate within your lane of what you're able to do because there's no glory in you losing a lot of money and going right. out of business, right? That's right. not going to, you know. Um, so I would say that's the number. It's more of a perception thing because I think they, you know, as their own being themselves being consumers, they kind of get pulled into that. Yeah. Um, but but again, you know, what we advise is to become or search for that unique message or that unique experience that only you and your brand can can deliver. Um, and so your customer gets more connected. But I would say that. And then the other thing is, as they're growing, be realistic about, you know, this is more the economic side of the business, but yep. also, you know, we deal with this a lot is people being overly optimistic about what things will cost as they start to scale and, yep. and, and being way off the charts. I'm sure you guys deal with that all the time because, yep. you know, they come into you guys and they're like, what? I thought it was going to be $2, you know? Right. <laughs> <You're> like, <"What?" laughs> you know, and you're like, Amazon doesn't even pay $2 for this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You wanted us to hand deliver every package. That's what you said. (laughs) So stay in your lane and be authentic. I I can relate as a New Jersey driver here. So (laughs) (laughs) that's good. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Robert, I really appreciate the time. This has been extremely informative and, uh, you know, hopefully our audience is going to take back some lessons from this. Um, you can find Robert Escobar at uh, CaminoRealGroup.com. There'll be some links on here and really appreciate it. I'm sure, Robert, we're going to we're going to connect because I know you and I have to have a happy hour episode one of these days. Well, that's definitely for sure. I can't wait to come out to the East Coast and have a drink with you guys, uh, you know, and get back to some normality. And and thanks for uh, having this uh, chat with me today. It was a great time. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Caitlin, you want to take us out? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure that you check us out on SippinAndShipping.com or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe to meet us here every third Thursday. Wait, where? SippinAndShipping.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Maybe you want to listen to us on Spotify. We're everywhere. Is there any G's at the end of the Sipping and Shipping? Leave your G's at home. No G's. No G's here. No G's. Just old G's. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care.